It's that time. Time again for the Cowboy Roundup. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. I'm joined by Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go I Go. And a special guest, Doug Friesen, Wyoming cowboy fan extraordinaire. So guys, welcome to the round table. Now, uh, let's see if the crowd's here. There they are. The studio audience is in play here, so. All right, guys. So, um, welcome, Ian. How are you doing today? Doing well today, Jeff. Uh, thanks for asking. And Doug, Doug, now you're a, you're a, 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 a down in Arizona, I understand, but at this very moment, you're coming to us from the great volunteer state, Tennessee, and, and what? Why in the heck are you in Tennessee? I'm just taking some vacation time. I had to beat the last of the triple-digit weather in Arizona that ended yesterday, and after this, it's going to be beautiful. But the most important thing is I was able to take a bunch of vacations right out of Denver, nice airfare deals on Southwest, and uh, make it to games in Laramie. I got all four in September. So you're 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 is you're kind of like what I did here um, earlier. Uh, I left in August seventeenth. Um, uh, went to Wyoming to see the eclipse. Did some fly fishing. Went to Colorado. Uh, went to the Iowa game and then drove back. This is all in my pickup truck. Drove back home and got home on September 4th. So like 18 days, 19 days on the road. So you're kind of doing that kind of thing. You're just getting out there and checking out the world, right? That's correct. One week in a Tennessee area, next week in a your hometown area. And uh, the following week, hey, I'll head out to Cornland and uh, visit the grandkids in Lincoln. So, Well, that's right. We're going to try and get up to the... Um, to the uh, Crystal City Sports Pub. Uh, we haven't organized anything formal uh, this year yet. Uh, I hate to say it, but uh, some of the support uh, has been kind of lame the last couple of years. But if you're going to come into Washington, right, you're going to be there for um, uh, the next game. Is that correct? I'll be there uh, <laughs> game after Monday and head home first thing Friday next week. So... Keep the weather good for me. No rain. All right. I'll, I'll do that. I'll uh, put in the request here with the local meteorologist. I'm sure they'll listen. I'm sure they've uh, got better influence than I do. So, well, here we are. And um, as I said, my traveling schedule and some other things have uh, uh, kind of gotten in the way of doing this weekly. But we're back with the uh, Cowboy Roundtable number two. And, uh, and since that time, uh, since we had the last one, uh, we've had two games. Uh, we've had Wyoming go out to Iowa, as I mentioned. And uh, unfortunately, um, they lost that one. Was that 27 to 3? Did I get that right? 24 3. 24 3. Okay, 24 3. And then they came home this last weekend played Gardner-Webb, 
out of North Carolina and uh, beat them uh, 27 to nothing. So they're one and one. And uh, I just want to ask you guys, you've seen the Cowboys play twice. Uh, Doug, where do you think the Cowboys are at this juncture? Well, if I had to raise uh, the question mark flag, I definitely would have to raise it on the um, um, offense, um, specifically because they have not demonstrated the ability to run the ball. And if we face a defense that finds a way to put enough pressure on Josh without getting the opportunity to get the ball effectively to a receiver, that could pinch our ability to score some points. And uh, but, you know, on the good side, there's a, there's a balance. I think the defense is as strong as I've seen it since the Joe Glenn days. And there's room for that defense to grow, and it's going to be tested sometimes. But um, it's, it's just going to be a work in progress, and this is going to be an absolutely huge test Saturday. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I went to the Iowa game in person, and uh, I was impressed with the defensive effort. I think we had a little breakdown on a, a couple of those touchdown passes with the secondary. Our guys weren't looking back. Um, at the ball, and uh, they were kind of shocked when uh, at least one of those touchdowns when the guy came up with the ball. Uh, but that was, uh, uh, I think, something that they corrected um, the next game. Uh, so uh, defense, yes. Offense, mm, they were having their problems running against Iowa, and they didn't do all that good against um, Gardner-Webb. Uh, how about you, Ian? Do you do you see it that way, or what's your assessment so far of the first two games? Well, I, I agree with a lot of what both you guys said. Um, I think defensively, uh, this defense has a chance to be as good as it's been. I think there's a very good chance that it continues to improve. I think we got a couple excellent pass rushers and Proctor and uh, Prosser and Granderson. I think in the middle of that line, we got some thickness. And they, they've really played well. They, I thought they met Iowa toe-for-toe, toe, a Big Ten team, and looked as physical as the Big Ten team defensively. But the key here, again, uh, this, this running game needs to get going. Um, I'm confident that young wide receivers are going to gradually get better as the season moves forward. They're going to start making bigger plays and get more confidence. So I think the passing game has still has a pretty good chance to be prolific. But they – I mean, it's been abysmal. The running game, 124 yards in two games, that has to improve. Oh, and, no doubt. And I know they're going to focus on this week, uh, and they need to run the ball well against Oregon. This this Oregon game is a big game for Wyoming football. Yeah, I tell you, um, uh, at the beginning of the year, I had a lot of confidence. I thought, well, okay, Oregon's got a new coach. You know, they didn't do too well last year, you know, so I was – pretty confident that the Cowboys, but now I'm worried. Now, uh, having seen uh, their explosiveness against Nebraska uh, in the first half uh, was uh, disconcerting because they, they do have the talent. They do have the speed. But then again, they uh, kind of fold, not folded, but they kind of let off in the second half and Nebraska was able to come back and make it a game. So, um they're they're both a very good team, but they're also very vulnerable, I think, in some aspects. 
And I'm hoping that um, Josh, uh, with a good running game, he'll be able to exploit them. But they're a damn good football team, and they got really good athletes. So uh, this is going to be either really, really good or not so good. <laughs> so... Uh, have you guys watched any of that Oregon game? I mean, uh, Ian, did you get a chance to watch any of them play against Nebraska? I watch uh, parts uh, of the Oregon game against Nebraska, and I think you, you're right. Uh, they they have some speed. They have some athleticism. Uh, the guy that covers the Oregon Ducks is actually a Wyoming graduate, Ryan Thorberg. He's written some books, including the Black 14 book. So I'm friends with him, and I went to college with Ryan, and I we talked a little bit about the Cowboys and I did a, a Q and a with him this week for the website. And uh, the one thing that's brought up is that this is a talented team. They're, they're playing well. They can score a lot of points, but they do have a, still a fairly young football team. That's going to be making their first road trip. And we know coming in Laramie with the altitude, I could play advantage for the Cowboys, the first road game. It is going to be a unique experience for Oregon. I know they played in some big time environments, but it's going to be unique, and we know the Wyoming fans are really going to be electric for this one. So I think the Cowboys are going to have some intangibles as far as that goes. Hopefully that translate translates into a very good football game for the Pokes. How about you, Doug? How are you seeing it? Well, I, I did get a little bit of a chance to watch Nebraska twice in the first game at home when um, Wyoming was taken on Iowa and Nebraska had – what was it, uh, Arkansas State, um, you know, out of the much-heralded Sun Belt. Um, that's another one of those Power Five conferences, I think. But anyway, um, Arkansas State pushed Nebraska's defense to the nth degree on the field in uh, Lincoln. And then, uh, obviously, we saw Oregon put a lot of numbers up on um, Nebraska as well. So, you know, uh, there's no doubt Nebraska has some ability to score some points, but there's also no doubt Nebraska does not play a very good defense. And I'd certainly love to have a chance at them this year. But, hey, you know, we got our chance uh, against Oregon now. And, and uh, you know, the one thing I noticed in the Oregon game, by the time I turned it on because I checked the scores out uh, um online and stuff and then when i got a chance to see him in the second half i noticed um you can get to oregon's quarterback and if we can do contain well enough at the line of scrimmage win that battle and and be aggressive i i think we have a chance to uh to uh rearrange maybe a little bit of what they do on offense i still believe they're going to score some points on us but if we can hold them to the point where, and I don't care, win by one point. I don't care if it's 21 to 20, 31 to 30 or whatever. I just want to see the Pokes outscore Oregon. So I think it's going to come down to a matter of taking care of the ball very well and, um, and disrupting Oregon's routine. And like you say, they're on the road for the first time, and the stadium's going to be full of energy. Well, you know, the, the, it, they are a young team, but you've got to give our fans credit. I mean, when they show up and uh, they uh, raise their voices, uh, it's, 
War Memorial can be pretty loud, pretty raucous, even though we maybe have half as many as some of these big stadiums, or not even half, a third of some of these big stadiums uh, that these guys play in. But uh, that's kind of a shocking thing. And then, of course, uh, there is uh, the elevation, which I don't think elevation has ever helped Wyoming specifically win a game. But, boy, it sure put an anchor in a lot of teams' uh, uh, trousers uh, late in the fourth quarter. And uh, it can be a a psychological thing. So they're going to be facing that as well. So, uh, in fact, uh, Oregon had one point for their their, um, practice, had considered going up to Central Oregon to 4,000 feet in practice, but they canceled that. Excuse me. Um, they canceled that and kept all their practices in Eugene, which is at a much lower level. So uh, they are thinking about it as they come in. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not hopeless. I'm not in panic. Uh, I'm concerned, but uh, I think that uh, uh, if if Wyoming puts together a good game, and I think that uh, Josh. Uh, Josh is a, a big part of that. If he, if, uh, he uh, can keep the offense on the field uh, and keep Oregon off the field uh, offensively, uh, it's going to bode well for the Cowboys. Uh, now, uh, the uh, earlier this week, or on Mondays, uh, Coach Bowl has his Monday press conference, and he addressed some of these issues. In fact, um, he talked about Oregon, um, uh, talked about playing Oregon. But a great opportunity. You know, we certainly are in a different place than what we were the last time we played Oregon. I know it's an entirely different staff, uh, but we're a, a more seasoned, experienced defense, and we'll need to play well, but I know our guys are excited about this opportunity. So the, he's like the rest of us. They're excited about it, and that's very good. Uh, I think um, – I think the Wyoming players really enjoy these kind of challenges. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think the eye of the eye of the tiger of this uh, football team, the players and the coaches. I think they definitely have motivation uh, to play in this game well, and they do have confidence. I believe they have confidence that they can win this game. So I'm with you. I, I really think they're very focused on this football game, getting a win. They want to take the program to the next level. Um, they want that national notoriety. Uh, this is an opportunity for them. And I think the one thing, the intangibles, the energy, the focus, the Cowboys are, are definitely going to have that category into their favor. Yeah. Doug. Oh, yeah. I, um, you know, we've seen some big name teams come in to Laramie and most notably like Nebraska and, um, Texas and, and, uh, we played them good for the first part of the game. It's just the second half kind of ate us up, but this is a little bit of a different team here. We have a little more depth, albeit there might be some youth in that depth, but they're all players that can play. And it's going to come down to, um, I believe when I read some of the news articles that, uh, you know, coach Bulls, um, you know, reminded us that, you know, nine of our 11 defensive players are underclassmen. They're sophomores and juniors and stuff. And, um, and 
is there room for them to grow up? Yeah, here's a great opportunity to grow up. And they managed to stay in the entire game at Iowa from beginning to end. And, uh, and if there's ever a place to be able to stay in a game beginning to end and not be worn down, that's going to be in, in Laramie on your home turf. And uh, I, I just kind of have a feeling that, that we have the opportunity here and the player's going to show it that Oregon's going to have to work hard to win unless we just completely don't show up like we didn't in Albuquerque last year. Um, it, it, it's going to be a battle. Yeah, I think so too. Now, uh, Bull was asked about a comparison between uh, – this team and the team that they, uh, the Oregon team that they played in 2014, and here's what he had to say. Well, it's a different level of speed, and we recognize that, and there's still elements that you see um, while they schematically are running some different things on the, the old Oregon package, uh, but you still see the speed and explosion uh, where they're able to score a lot of points. You know, we went through the Nebraska game with a fine-tooth coat, fine-tooth comb, and explosive plays and then the balance to be able to have a, a great running back and so that combined with a quarterback on the last guy that we went against a, you know he's playing for the Titans I believe and uh, but this guy here uh, Herbert they, they, they found a good one there he, he's got great promise so uh, bowl acknowledging their quarterback um, but as you said Doug you saw him get a, a some pressure in the um, Nebraska game. Uh, and they got to him, I guess, a few times. Um, so uh, this team is entirely different, again, from the one we faced in 2014. Uh, Mariota, uh, they were doing that um, uh, uh, no-huddle offense. They were going at it uh, uh, with a spread kind of um, situation. And I've got, a, I've got an understanding that this team plays a little bit different than uh, – the 2014 team, albeit they have a lot of talent. Uh, they also um, uh, have a running back by the name of Freeman, and uh, Bull was asked about him. It's hard to compare because you're looking at a 240-pound guy, and it's, you know, it's been a while since we've played somebody like that. Uh, you try to replicate that during the course of the week. Uh, that's always difficult, uh, but uh, we'll need to gang tackle Beyond being a big guy, he's a guy that's got really good speed, and he's been really productive. You know, you look at his yards per carry, I think it's close to six yards per carry, uh, 151 yards rushing. And that's what, you know, when uh, some member of the media said, what's the challenge, you know, on defense, it's kind of like, I spent a lot of years coaching defense. When you play somebody like this, it's like you can stop the run. If you sell out to do everything you can to stop the run, well, they've got the ability to throw the ball not only in the short intermediate, places but long term long range and so that's going to be a challenge for us the good news is we feel good about our defensive players and i think we've got some excellent excellent defensive players and they're in position and uh we'll need to, to have those guys show up well uh coach Bo was talking about showing up uh i certainly agree with that uh, uh are you concerned about trying to stop their running game uh doug i'd be concerned about stopping any aspect of their game and and um but you know, we we gave up a little bit of rushing against Gardner Webb, but Gardner Webb, you know, it, there's no comparison there. But the only reason why I'm 
bring them up is it looked like, well, hey, did we get a little bit vulnerable? Well, yeah, they, they made a few plays or whatever, but they didn't go anywhere with that. Iowa, they had two or three running plays that kind of saved themselves in situations or whatever that we didn't stop. And a lot of it's going to come down to the execution on the in the trenches. And this is going to be the first time in quite some time that we've had the complete package in the trenches. Now we're going to have to find out is if Oregon does break through that first level of the line, is that game tackling that Coach Bowles talking about going to come into play? How effective are, is our linebacker play? Because if it comes down to Wingard's coming up from a safety position and stopping the guy after eight, nine yards, you get eight, nine yards pop, then they'll just run all over us all day. And then as soon as we back off to commit to drop and that, then they'll just go over the top of us and go long. Um, so it, it's going to come down to a matter of if we put that 7-8 in the box, they're going to have to make that play and stop that running back at three yards or less on a routine basis. Yeah, and uh, he's averaging six. So, yeah, that's a that's a challenge, I tell you. Um, well, uh, now there's um, one of the factors, the X factor in this game, of course, is our quarterback, uh Josh Allen, and uh, he had um, not a great game against Iowa. I mean, he he showed some flashes of things, but he he did. Uh, I think he had one or two interceptions. I can't remember now. Does anybody recall? He had at least two. one. He had two. Yeah, he had two because he had that one in the middle of the line he threw, um, and then the one on the sideline pattern that got picked off. Right. He had two of that, and then there was that um, head scratcher of a uh, uh, grounding, <laughs> grounding the football uh, on the edge there. That uh, uh, he was trying to make a play there and uh, really uh, set the team back. And then the play right after that one, I believe, was the um, missed punt. So that really set him back. So uh, Iowa's scoring opportunities, uh, to the way I remember it, was uh, largely in part to mistakes by the Cowboys, uh, putting them in, in really good field position, which they can't do against Oregon. Uh, uh, they've got to uh, play, or he's got to have a sterling game. Now, he had a solid game against um, Gardner-Webb, and I think that was uh, good. I think that was good for his um, uh, uh, confidence. And and uh, actually, uh, Coach Bull talked about that. I think he's improved from the first game to the second game, how he's handled uh, the exposure and expectations. He's been excellent. You know, his, his role is to do the very best he can for the Wyoming Cowboys. He's an other-centered person. Uh, he was selected as a captain again. He's been engaged with all our guys. And so... Uh, if you ask him this question, and I would, I would say he'd answer it this way, and beyond answering it this way, uh, he's really doing that. He's he's just kind of, uh, you know, excluded all the outside attention. And you know, you hear about individual attentions. Okay, this there's there's only a certain number of quarterbacks that are really NFL type prospects, and that gets to be a pretty finite list. And he's one of them. And uh, so, as opposed to focusing on what he needs to do to improve his stock in the NFL, 
he's doing what he needs to do to win for the Cowboys. I thought the first game uh, he started out, played pretty doggone well. There was, uh, you know, one pass where it was a pick that we were disappointed that he chose to, to put the ball in harm's way. I thought last week he really he operated the offense excellent, and uh, we used up a lot of the clock and, and scored some points, particularly in the first half. So I think he's playing really well. Uh, I know that he's on the, the radar on a lot of uh, uh, clubs that are around there, but he has been able to uh, – Know, between the national media and uh, you know all the hoopla that you hear, I think he's done a great job staying focused. And he's going to need to show up for us in big games like this. And they're all big games, but uh, you know your 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 uh, you know primary players have really got to answer the bell. And I, he'll have a great week of practice and embrace this opportunity. So there was a Bulls take on uh, Josh Allen. Uh, I, I'm you know one of the things that I've been thinking about is you know the the guy had a lot of had to deal with a lot of off-season hype. I mean, it started right after the NFL draft when, um, what was that guy, Adam Schefter, uh, mentioned that uh, he was going to be the one or two um, uh, pick in the 2018 draft, and then and it all went from there. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that the, the hype that Josh has gotten this off-season uh, contributes to uh, an opponent's, um, I don't know how to put this, their opponent's uh, focus uh, on this game. Uh, Doug? I think the best thing that happened is it helped sell tickets in Laramie. Um, the other part of it is, is, is uh, um, yeah, yeah, I, like I mentioned in our first podcast, I had a number of my Iowa friends. Oh, you know, uh, we don't know what to expect. You guys got this potential number one draft pick, and, and uh, you guys might eat us up. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I think sometimes a lot of that hype does come into to play, but, hey, we're two games into it now. They got a lot of current film. You know, uh, for any opponent that wants to play us now, and they're going to obviously see that if you don't put pressure on him and make him scramble, you know, or fold like a temp, tent in the pocket, he's going to deliver the ball somewhere. And you better stick like a glove on uh, the receivers because you give any separation at all, and you give Joss any time at all to hit that target, that ball's going to get there before the defender is. Now, maybe you stop the, the receiver for yards after catch, but, hey, if Josh is picking you eight yards at a time or something like that, hey, that's just as effective as somebody like Freeman popping seven, eight yards at a time. Well, I, I think you kind of bring up a good point about the op opponents. Um, I do think it juiced up Iowa defense a little bit, uh, maybe focused them a little bit more for that particular game. I, on the flip side, I don't think it's affecting Josh. I don't think the hype is getting to Josh's head at all. I do believe he's a grounded guy. I do believe what Coach Bull says about, you know, his focus on becoming a better player, focusing on the team goals. So I think from that standpoint, I can't say it's really affected him. I just think he ran into an Iowa team that played good football, had a really good front seven. Um, our wide receivers are still feeling themselves out. We didn't run the football well in that particular game. So there was some pressure on Josh. You know, he had a drop touchdown. C.J. Johnson put the ball right into 
CJ Johnson's hands for a touchdown. And he dropped it. So um, didn't play a great game against Iowa. Um, and I thought he played better last week. I do feel the Cowboys held a lot back last week. And uh, the wide receivers starting to look like they're getting more comfortable now, which I think as the season progresses, they'll get more and more comfortable, uh, which will help him out a lot. But uh, good point. I do think it does rev up those defenses a little bit because uh, maybe focuses them on the Cowboys a little bit more than maybe normally uh, in, in, a, in a game one situation like we did at Iowa. Well, yeah, and, and uh, the point was made that um, Iowa had all summer long to get ready for Josh. And uh, in one of those uh, YouTube videos, the guy said, uh, we watched all of his games from last year. And, uh, the uh, you know, uh, so <laughs> that um, uh, obviously uh, they, had, uh, they had the book on Josh Allen. And, uh, boy, they kept everybody in front of him. And uh, so... Yeah, that the that may be an outlier. Uh, now, Oregon knows uh, pretty much the same stuff. It's just a point of whether or not we can exploit um, exploit them in the secondary and, as you guys said, getting a running game. And speaking of a running game, uh, there is a player from Eugene, Oregon, on Wyoming's team by the name of Trey Wood. And Trey Woods, a uh, freshman, true freshman, started off uh, as an athlete. They put him in linebacker. Uh, then um, somewhere along the line, they've decided to switch him over to running back. And um, he, I think he had two, uh, two carries uh, in the game. Showed a lot of promise. So, uh, he was asked, uh, Bull was asked in his press conference about moving Trey Wood uh, to the running back position. Well, there was a guy that we had the last couple of years that our local media are really familiar with. His name was Brian Hill. He plays for the Falcons now. Uh, what we saw uh, within Trey was a, a guy who was a big, strong guy that had uh, multi-talent, that you know, could play on defense, could touch the football as a receiver, could we liked his attitude and we liked his ability. Uh, and so when we recruited him, we wanted him integrated into our program. And we felt like his value system, who he was and what kind of person he was, plus his stature, uh, really fit what we thought would be a, a, you know, a great fit for the University of Wyoming. We started him out on defense, and as we began to look at his role, uh, you know, we saw a, a great value on special teams. And then we looked at what we were really going to, had a tailback that, you know, within the combination of our, our collection of guys, there's always been a guy in there that's a, you know, six foot two, 220 pound guy that's a slasher that may not be a jitterbug. And he uh, he showed those talents uh, during the camp. I kept on watching him. Uh, and uh, a lot of our other coaches did as well. Uh, we, we, you know, we integrated him in last week and he showed some good signs. And, you know, he's a great representative of That was uh, Coach Bull answering a, an Oregon reporter's question. Um, so what about this Trey Woods? Um, what are your expectations, uh, Ian? Uh, I think um, I think he's going to see some time this time. 
Well, I, I watched him carry the ball two times and just for the eye test, pretty excited about the guy. Six three, two ten, two fifteen. I know he still has some maturing to do. He looks like he could probably add a little bit more weight, but he looks like a, a frame that could get up to two thirty, two forty range. And we know he's a good athlete because they looked at him at linebacker, looked at him at receiver, some other positions, listed him as an athlete. Um, it'd be very exciting to get him in the fray uh, for this particular game against Oregon, uh, get him some confidence. Maybe on certain play patterns, he'll, uh, some holes will open up and he'll be able to get out in the open field because he looks like he, could, he can burst something in the open field. And if he can do that, gain confidence as the season goes on and give that uh, running game coven extra extra charge. Well, Bowl uh, was asked about uh, Trey playing this week, and uh, here's how he responded. Yeah, we, we sprinkled him in to see how he would do, and he did fairly well. He didn't carry the ball a lot, Robert, but he, he looked like he was in his element. You'll see him integrated more during the course of this week of practice. Um, you know, we're not going to fully disclose all our plans as far as the number of carries we're going to get to different guys, but I think you'll see Trey integrated more. Um, you know, we try to do everything we can to generate more of a rushing game uh, to where we can be uh, like Oregon, where we can be pretty balanced. I think we need to do that. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got some work to do, and uh, we've got a short week to do it in. And so uh, Trey's going to be part of it. But, but Trey is just, you know, to say you're just going to make a change there and prove all of a sudden you're rushing for 200 yards a game, that's not the case. I mean, there's a lot of elements, whether it's the blocking, the offensive line, the tight end, play selection, who's running the football. But Trey did show to me in a short amount of time there, he showed he belonged. Well, that's uh, encouraging, uh, Doug. I, um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him carry. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess he's going to get more than two carries this time. What do you say? I think that, that is, there's a good possibility that that transpires that way. If I remember right, and, and uh, you guys crack me, I don't know if you watch the game on TV, Jeff, but um, um, seemed like the plays he was, were they toss plays going around um, the right side? And he definitely had the speed and the ability to cut into that gap of a hole. And that's what got it. He didn't get any. That was just a, um, just a turn around, stuff it in his bread basket, and go up behind center. You know, or like we used to see Brian Hill just actually smash into his own guys and then kind of sometimes roll off of them for another two, three yards. Um, I don't think Trey's at that point yet, but you give him a little bit of room and he is going to hit that hole. Um, probably one of the knocks on him, you know, when you say looks like he could put on some weight and stuff is how many play, how many teams pick up a six, three running back, you know, the, Generally, the consensus is, is is the most effective guys are under six foot and already 220, 230. You know, but um, um, Trey's got the speed, and he, he, he can hit him hard like a linebacker. And, and if he can get that momentum going and get a little bit on that edge and and lower his shoulder, then, yeah, he can, he can pick up that extra two, three yards. And what I'm hoping to see in one of these running backs is – is uh, they're not going to mow over him like Brian Hill. They don't need to emulate that kind of a game. What they need to do, though, is when they get to where they looks like they're going to get stopped, they got to do that little Barry Sanders thing and find a 
way to dive for another two, three yards. Just dive through that little hole and Four or more yard gains on rushing is a big difference towards getting to first down versus getting um, three or less. Well, you know, that was the the knock I had on our running back so far is that uh, uh, particularly Hall, uh, kind of a juking kind of runner, kind of hesitant. And uh, I'm maybe I'm just old school or whatever, but I prefer a back just to get up into the hole right away, you know. Uh, one cut and then go for it. Uh, this dancing around a lot of times, uh, especially if you've got really talented uh, linebackers and in, in secondary, uh, even uh, the linemen, uh, they're not going to, a lot of times they're not going to be uh, uh, fooled by that. So uh, personally, I'd like to see these guys uh, get up the field and quit trying to uh, dance around and get it on. So that's me though. And I'm not the coach, so uh, uh, hopefully Trey uh, will bring that uh, forward push that we're looking for, or at least I'm looking for. Well, we've uh, pretty much covered the uh, look at the Oregon game. Uh, now, I did take some time out uh, after the uh, presser, and I got an interview with a couple of guys uh, that both went to uh, Overland High School in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, that is Austin Conway, uh, who's a, uh, a wide receiver and uh, doing pretty well, and Kevin Prosser, who is a defensive end. And uh, they talked a little bit about how that um, how Prosser influenced um, Conway to switch from basketball to football. But uh, first of all, let's listen to our interview uh, that I had with Conway. All right. Uh, welcome to Go Wild Go. We've got uh, Austin Conway, wide receiver from the University of Wyoming. And uh, Austin, uh, welcome uh, to the Go Wild Go program. Well, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. And uh, I wanted to talk to you because you... Uh, you had what I, I believe is a career day uh, this weekend. Um, got 11 receptions and uh, for 135 yards. So uh, that's a pretty good uh, homestand for you. Um, what did you think about it? I mean, I, I felt really good. I mean, in the game, you know, I didn't realize how much or how many, what the stats were. I mean, I was just playing the game, playing the game and making plays. So, I mean, afterwards, it's always fun to you know how you play, but I mean, the ultimate stat is the win, and that's what I'm, highest, what is, what I'm satisfied with. Well, now, uh, your story is pretty famous. Uh, having uh, come to Wyoming to play basketball and then moving over to the football side, uh, how is this year so far different from your inaugural season uh, switching over? Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot different. Um, I feel more at home, more confident, um, and compared to earlier where I was kind of finding my way and finding my rhythm. I mean, that's, that's big for me because now I can go out and do things and believe in myself because I've done them versus, you know, imagining and hoping that, you know, I live up to the live up to the opportunity that I've been fantasizing about. Well, now, uh, you also uh, returned three punts for 53 yards. Uh, my feeling is that uh, you're on the verge of breaking one of those. Uh, you did a did a pretty good job, but I think uh, you're gonna take it to the house one of these days. Yeah, I, 
mean, that, that's kind of how it was last year. Last year we were getting we were getting close. My, my front view team was doing a great job of setting up blocks, and we were just maybe two or one or two, maybe three guys from making a play and getting in the end zone, and then it finally happened and we broke one. But now that we are all uh, two years in and we all know each other and we have each other's tendencies, I mean, a couple could pop. Um, and those guys work seriously. They work. They work so hard, and they, they do their, their their best to try to give me opportunities in the lanes. And, and when they do that, it makes it easier for all of us. Well, it's going to happen. So uh, we're uh, looking forward to that. Uh, now you've got a big, big game coming up um, this weekend. Uh, the Oregon Ducks, a national uh, powerhouse, uh, coming into Laramie. Uh, uh, what's your feelings about this game, and how have you been preparing for it? We ultimately have one goal, and that's to go one and all every week. And uh, we, we we obviously know that we have the Ducks coming up this weekend, so that's going to be a big game, big hot game. But you know, once that whistle blows and the first kickoff is kicked, it's, it's football for us, and that's the way that we have to approach it. Is we go out there, we have to execute the game plan, and if we do that, we can come out successful. Well, we're certainly looking for it. Now, I wanted to mention something. Uh, I'm having Kevin uh, Prosser come on uh, as the defensive representative for the show. And he also went to Overland High School, uh, as you did, both Aurora uh, guys. So uh, you and uh, you and Kevin uh, uh, talked to each other about uh, days on uh, days past and how it is to be on the Cowboys? Yeah, no, we always do. And the, the funny story is, I mean, Kevin was the one who actually kind of set up the whole transition for me because uh, I had talked to Kevin about possibly leaving basketball, and Kevin was like, you should do it. But he was kind of joking. He was you should just come over my entire basketball career. And then once I finally made the decision, Kevin was serious, like, hey, yeah, come over here and play with us. And uh, he, he set it up for me. And ever since then, you know, I've obviously been happy, but I mean, it's always great, too, seeing – Someone that I'm so close to, and I gave him an opportunity out there working, and his hard work is starting to show. Players are doing a great job on the field. He's a, he's a monster. Oh yeah, yeah. I um, he is uh, uh, an exceptional player, and both of you guys from Overland. So I hope you're uh, spreading the word on the Cowboys up there or down there, I should say. Yeah, any 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 Overland kids got to commit to Wyoming. You got another one committed to Wyoming. Oh. From well, good, good. Yeah, that sounds like a makings of a pipeline there, you know? Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, wishing you uh, a lot of luck against the Oregon Ducks and uh, go out there and do us proud. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. All right, that was uh, Austin Conway. And. So that was my interview with Austin, uh, uh, really a, a classy guy, and uh, I'm really glad that he came over from the basketball team. Uh, I think he's a, a, a great addition for this uh, Wyoming receiving core. Uh, Ian? Yeah, I think it worked out really good for both uh, the football and basketball program, and not to say he wouldn't have been a really good point guard for the Mountain West Conference for Wyoming, but the Cowboys actually was able to use that scholarship and pick up Lewis Adams. So um, Adams is obviously a good contributor to basketball. And then you take Austin over to the football field and you're giving the Cowboys a playmaker um, 
that uh, I think he's starting to show more and more of his playmaking ability. He made some great plays last year, the kickoff or punt return for a touchdown against UNLV, which was huge. But, you know, we're starting to see him becoming more comfortable into that slot position and making big plays. And you need to have somebody out there that's going to keep everything honest uh, out there for defenses. And the receivers have their strengths. Each individual receiver has their strength. And uh, Austin, intelligent guy. I know he's planning on going to law school. He was planning on going to law school. He speaks really well. Great addition to the Wyoming football program. Uh, I've enjoyed watching Austin, you know, last year you could tell he had all the attributes to do it and maybe just had a, the, the freshman happy feet and Cezy for us armchair quarterback <laughs> to sit back and of course assess that. But this year it looks like he's, uh, he's refining some of those moves perhaps, you know, knowing when to do a little jitter and another time when to maybe just give one simple little step of motion and go the opposite way, you know, and, and that's some stuff that you know, as a, as a point guard, he was going to effectively do in basketball and he can make those moves in football. And I think he just has the maturity showing is picking up the game and understanding what the guys at this level do, because you got to remember at this level, all these guys were the all-stars back in high school. Yep. And now all of a sudden you're going up against everybody can do it much better than, than they could in high school. And, and so he's refined his game, and we saw a few breakaway things, and I think there's much better to come from him as as he continues to play, and let's hope that he stays healthy because he will be a valuable contributor to this program. Well, the thing that uh, I focused on in the game was that uh, Josh went to him several times, and uh, I don't know if that was by design or if it was uh, Josh – Focusing on him, but uh, a lot of confidence in him, and he went to him several times. So uh, that tells me that they're building a, uh, a a kind of a second sense. You know, uh, Josh and Gentry, uh, Tanner Gentry, really had that thing going. And if if they develop that kind of relationship that uh, that Josh had with Tanner Gentry, then uh, uh, you know all bets are off because. Uh, uh, those guys really combined for a lot of spectacular plays. And I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, Conway uh, uh, will develop in that same vein. As I do uh, hope with uh, C.J. Johnson, who's a burner. And uh, unfortunately, you know, with the drop pass against Iowa, uh, I think um, uh, he's going to um, uh, he's going to develop as well. So uh, hopefully this is a, a, another step up for him in this uh in this Oregon game. So uh, to look on the defensive side, I uh, talked to Kevin Prosser, which of course was a classmate of Austin Conway. And uh, we talked about uh, the defensive side of the ball. This is our second interview for the Go Wild Go podcast. We have Kevin Prosser, defensive end for the University of Wyoming, and also an Overland High School graduate from Aurora, Colorado. Uh, welcome, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. We just uh, talked with your uh, high school uh, teammate there, uh, Austin Conway, and uh, yeah. uh, he was talking about how you had had a pivotal role in him coming over to the football team, and uh, I just wanted to express my thanks for your uh, encouraging him to come on over. Oh, yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really great. Um uh, 
now let's talk a little bit about this uh, Gardner Webb game. Uh, you had a pretty good game. Um, I looked down here and uh, see that you had five solo tackles, four assists, uh, three tackles for a loss, um, and two sacks. That's a that's a pretty good day's work, isn't it? Yes, sir. I think so. <laughs> well, um, let me uh, let me ask you, what was the difference between an obvious fact that you're playing? a Big Ten team, and you're playing an FCS team. Well, what was the difference between the two games for you personally? Uh, the, the difference from uh, playing Iowa and Gardner-Webb, you're asking? Yeah. Um, the big, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a drastically big difference, but, um, you know, our defense just, we mainly focus on, you know, doing our jobs and trusting one another, so, and playing fast. And going into the Gardner-Webb game, I mean, we obviously could see in the game before them getting blown out, but we didn't want to put that in our heads because anything can happen, you know. So we try to humble ourselves and play them like any other team, you know what I mean? So well, that, that was pretty much the main focus for that game. Well, they had a really good quarterback. Uh, he must have been of some concern. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was definitely a concern. Um, he was pretty much uh, the DN's um, job, pretty much. That's why I got to him a couple times. Because <laughs> that, was, that was my responsibility was the quarterback. Well, I tell you, uh, you did a, a good job. Uh, the defense in general has gotten a lot of praise from the Iowa game and this game. Uh, you guys just seem to be getting it together. Yes, sir. I feel like a lot of uh, players on our team, um, we, we didn't lose much too many defensive players from last year, and I feel like we're starting to mature more and just a lot more experience on that side. Well, it's obvious that um, uh, you did lose some good players uh, that graduated, but uh, you seem to have filled the slots pretty well and uh, uh, doing a good job. Now, now you got Oregon coming in here uh, next week into Laramie, uh, a very big powerhouse team. Um, what have you seen from them so far on the tape that uh, uh, that you're concerned about or that you're uh, preparing for? Um, I mean, I just I see them as any other offense, and it's nothing we 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 haven't seen before. So I'm just I have so much faith in my defense. I, I know that we're gonna we're gonna um, do a good job and we're gonna show up for sure. Anybody on the other side of the line that? Uh, uh, get your attention? Uh, anybody on the other side? Yeah, for Oregon? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I, I, see, I see them as just another, another team, another opponent. Well, I think that's a good way to approach things. Uh, you're, you're certainly not in awe of them. I mean, you were in Nebraska last year, and you played Iowa just a, a week ago, and you did a, you guys did a good job. So uh, that's great. Um so as you're going into uh, uh, this game, uh, what are some of your personal goals? Um, personal goals is just pretty much uh, being as technical as possible, making sure you know I'm I'm perfect on that defensive side because I am underweight. So you know I feel like that's me being underweight in. I have to be a lot of uh, pretty much technical with everything when it comes to technique and stuff like that. I'm execution. Well, you certainly had the speed, and uh, 
maybe you needed a couple of LBs there, but uh, you certainly have done a good job. Well, I want to thank you for uh, giving us the time. Uh, we want to wish you uh, good luck against the uh, Oregon Ducks, and um, uh, let's say go Pokes, all right? All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, sir. Well, thank you, and uh, you take care. All right. Yes, sir. Well, that was my conversation with Kevin Prosser, a uh, young man who's doing really well. He mentioned that he was a little undersized, but uh, he sure plays with some ferocity. I, uh, uh, he's got a lot of speed. Uh, I really uh, I really like him, and uh, I think that uh, he's going to do well against Oregon. Well, um, I think Prosser, uh, I think Coach Bull said he was the third fastest guy on the team. And when you combine him with Carl Granderson, which is to me looks like about as big time defensive end we've had in Wyoming in a long time, we got some legitimate uh, pass rusher in type players with some athleticism. And it's been a long time since we've been in that situation in Wyoming. I really think things like that could really pay off down the road. Think about Overland High School. They also have another uh, player, uh, Halliburton, uh, which is the backup behind Wingard and Epps. And this guy also has some talent. So they're starting to build a nice little pipeline, as you mentioned earlier, Jeff, from Overland. I, I think with Halliburton, I think uh, that that's a safety that has uh, some upside to him, some speed. Um, so – with him, Conway, Prosser, the Murray kid that committed this summer, um, Cowboys are starting to get a pretty good core of players, some pretty good football players out of that area. Yeah, we always, um, well, you look at the roster and uh, the largest number of players come from Colorado, so um, uh, they're in our backyard. We're kind of like, um, kind of like Oklahoma. If you look on Oklahoma's roster. A good number of them are from Texas, and if it, and uh, the joke was that if if uh, Texas ever declared itself another country or went away, Oklahoma football would be in trouble. So uh, that's kind of like with us. You know, Colorado is our um, our backyard uh, for quality players, and uh, it's really um, really heartening to see that we're still uh, bringing very good players out of there, uh, guys. Um, Let's, uh, let's move on to another subject. I, I had one more topic before we got out of here. Uh, the game against Gardner-Webb was actually a very historic game uh, in one sense. It marked the first time that beer and wine was uh, sold in the stadium. And um, I wanted to get your impressions of that. Um, now, uh uh, both of you went to the game, right? Am, am I correct? That's correct. So, That's correct. So did you indulge in some of that um, uh, brewer's art uh, while you were there? I actually met Doug right before the game at my brother's tailgate, and then we separated and went to the stadium in separate directions. But, yes, I did uh, have two beers. Um, I got involved in the game the halftime, and, I stopped at two beers by halftime. I could have had more, but but I thought it w it, it looked smooth to me. Uh, the process looked smooth. Uh, didn't seem like there was a lot of issues. Uh, the beers are eight dollars. Some people don't like that. They thought the beers were a little bit too high high priced, but it seemed like everybody was behaved pretty well. And I liked it. You know, just the the ability to have a beer or two before the game, during the game, 
uh, is a nice compliment, and I think it should really help uh, with the fan support uh, energy in some ways. And when basketball season starts up, I think it could even be more of a factor. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure Doug has an opinion too. I, I, I love those cups with the magnet in them where they <laughs> bottom pulled it. And, you know, I, I, I applaud the innovation, you know, where, where you're not wasting it. You're watching somebody filling your cup half full of foam, you know, and by the time you get to your seat, it looks like it's half gone. So, uh, but uh, the one uh, funny comment that some folks said in our group is, uh, is uh, oh, look at, that section over there in the upper west side, that is the alcohol-free section. Isn't it ironic that it's section AA? <laughs> well, and, yeah. and that's not to make light of, of, a, of a situation, but I, I was refreshed to read the news articles that the, um, that the local law enforcement acknowledged that they did not have any issues any significant difference in issues with alcohol abuse and you know there's always the chance that somebody's going to do too much i don't care whether they're buying it at the stadium going out to the parking lot or whatever you know and it's a matter of responsibility if people think eight bucks is too much they ought to go to like jeff i'm sure you notice it when you go to a nationals game but i've gone to some diamondback games and i'm sorry i just I'm really not too keen on spending 13 bucks for a 16 Coors <laughs> Light bomber. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the price of doing business in those big uh, big time stadiums. So, yeah, a lot of people uh, may not have that experience of the um, major leagues or the NFL, but yeah, that stuff's really expensive. So, eight bucks, you know, that would be a bargain here. So, well, I. I uh, I don't know if I got this number right, but in my head, I had a number of 8,000 beers sold. And I think I got that off uh, the web, uh, off our site. I think. Uh, yeah, that's what Kevin McKinney said. I heard him uh, say the interview this week. They had about 8,000 beers sold. Okay. There's so, only a couple hundred wines sold. So well, the yeah. beer out filled the wine. This is Wyoming, of course, you know. 300 yeah. times. <laughs> well, do the math. Eight dollars a beer times eight thousand is how much? Come on, you math. Sixty-four. Sixty-four thousand dollars. So uh, I don't know how much their overhead was, but uh, sixty-four thousand dollars sounds a lot to me. Sounds if like I, a lot, but McKinney said he they were a little disappointed about about it, but they think as the process goes forward, I'm sure the wine sales will pick up when CSU comes up for the when they bring their 500 fans up to Laramie. Are they going to serve Zima for them? Or? Yeah, that would, that'd be more, more, more appropriate to those guys. I think Yeah, we'll have to stock up on that for them, you know, goodness. Well, you know, they, they've got their beer patio, new Belgium beer patio in their new stadium. So I suppose our um, picnic tables under the trees will not impress them, but I don't care. Well, I think that building in the north end zone will impress them, though. So well, that's true. That looked really good on TV, and uh, so um, uh, now it's not completed on the inside. I guess it's what another uh, several months before they'll get it done. Yeah, December. Uh, the inside of the new part of it will be completed, and then I think they're going to start working on the Rochelle Athletic Center 
and start renovating that during the spring and by the summer the whole outfit should be done well good good it looks good from tv and i'm i'm uh, planning on watching it on uh, cbs sports here in uh, virginia where i live uh, i'm in fact i'm going over uh, to winchester which is about 70 miles away from here my son lives over there and of course he's a virginia tech grad so um I'm going to have to take two shirts with me. I'm going to have to bring, I have a Virginia Tech shirt because I, I, they have a, an alumni group and he goes to that. So I'm going to have a, a Virginia Tech shirt and we're going to stay there and watch the Wyoming game. And I'm going to bring my Wyoming shirt off, take the Virginia shirt, Virginia Tech shirt off, put on the Wyoming shirt so that I'm in proper uniform for both games, you know. But I, I told him I'm not wearing a Virginia Tech hat, so my Wyoming hat will be on for both games. So I'm, I'm, I'm representing. All the yeah. Way. That seems like a fair compromise, Jeff. Yeah, you got to you know, keep Wyoming hat on and keep the Wyoming support your son, which I'm sure you helped uh, get him through college. So. Well, you know, um, my son and my money went to Virginia tech. So uh, uh, I'm proud of both. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, speaking of beers, uh, let's uh, go out our traditional way here. Ah, there you go. Ah, yes. Pouring it. And going to get a... Mm. Ah. Well, there you have it. Cowboy round table number two for... 2017 football season. I want to thank you guys. Uh, Doug, uh, all the way coming from Tennessee. Thank you for having me. And uh, I and I'll get that tip. Okay. Uh, Doug, I'll see you on Saturday. All right. So. I'll see you next week. All right, guys. Let's wrap it up. You ready? Here we go. There you have it. The Cowboy Roundtable, part of the Go Wild Go podcast. I want to thank my guest, Ian McMacken, publisher of the Go Wild Go website, and Doug Friesen, cowboy fan extraordinaire, coming to us from Tennessee. Thanks a lot, guys. Cowboy Roundtable is a production of the Go Wild Go podcast in cooperation with Jackalope Ridge Media Productions. All rights reserved.